are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a May 8th Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer of LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for your patience uh, in if you if you have been listening, thank you. Um, we weren't here for a little while, taking a little break. Was at a wedding. Was at a town. Uh, then you know this this Cavs playoff run has 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 had me very busy as well. So um, you know wasn't getting on the podcast like normal. Going to try and remedy that now. Have some time, a little breather in the playoff schedule, and. Uh, you know, have some updates, even though they're not really updates, because nothing has really happened with the Portland Trail Blazers since uh, I last talked to you. Uh, they had their exit interviews before uh, I, I, I did my podcast last time, and uh, we, you know, we had just finished up watching the Blazers get swept by the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Pelicans, who, as I am recording this right now, are down by seven. In Game 5 against the Warriors as they look to avoid elimination in Golden State. But uh, you know, nothing has really changed. Um, a couple of Blazers assistant coaches have interviewed for head coaching jobs. That is is a pretty relevant thing. Uh, although, uh, you know, the, the Blazers coaching staff, you know, the, the core of this coaching staff has been together for uh Six years, pretty much. Dale Osborne, David Vanterpool, Nate Tibbetts. You know, these guys have been around for a long time. Um, you know, most of them have. You know, Tibbetts joined uh, in Stotts' second season. But uh, th- this staff has been together for quite a while, especially by NBA standards, where, you know, those change over a lot. Um, so David Vanterpool and Nate Tibbetts both have interviewed for head coaching jobs. But uh, one of the jobs that David Vanterpool interviewed for, the Charlotte job, went to James Borrego, a Spurs assistant. Um, so it sounds like you know he's out of the running for that one. And then uh, Nate Tibbetts interviewed for the Hawks job, and that one is still uh, being in the pro- in the process of being filled. But it sounds like there's another front runner for that. Uh, so uh, that's uh, probably the most. Uh, interesting news because something that's actually happened. Uh, but other than that, nothing else has really happened. There have been reports about the Blazers and what they will do with the front office, with the head coach. Uh, and it's basically confirming that there's nothing happening. Uh, Mark Stein of the New York Times reported that uh, Stotts is expected to stay on the team, but Paul Allen is going to have to make a decision on Neil Olshay, which has been uh, what I've thought was the case for a while, ever since 
the exit interview when Olshay and Stotts came out and did it together, uh, you know, to me that seemed like a move that Olshay was backing his coach and not making him face the media alone in the exit interview. And so uh, I, I think, you know, if anyone's on the hot seat, I think it's 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 Olshay. But, you know, things having gone this long, um, I at this point, I mean, I could be proven wrong. Uh, but at this point, with six weeks to go until the NBA draft, I have a really hard time believing that they're going to make a move uh, with the head of their basketball operations. So um, that's just my read on it right now is I, I just don't see them making a move. And, um, you know, is that a bad thing? You know, I, I'm... I'm in the minority, you know, I think for of a lot of people that you know really follow this team closely about what to do. Uh, I think they ran into a buzzsaw this year. I think it, you know, it, it doesn't help that uh, the summer of 2016 still lives on. But, you know, if, if that, you know, I, I think Olshay has made a bunch of other moves that, you know, he has you know, given you reason to think he can hit on some of these. Um, but I mean, I get, I get why people want, want, want some change. And, and I think players too, you know, in their exit interviews, you know, CJ McCollum had one quote where he said, you know, Stotts has done great with what he's been given. I mean, there's obviously a level of disappointment from the players about, uh, Olshay not doing enough to improve the roster. So, uh, but but at this point, I, I have a hard time believing that they'll do a that they'll make a decision now. Uh, now that we're getting so close to the draft lottery, the draft lottery is next week. Um, I just it's hard for me to see that. Um, and obviously, I just think this is a huge summer uh, because you know once this summer's over, you know then you know, you have the the end of the Turner contract is on the horizon the end of the Myers contract is on the horizon uh there's a, a lot of things happening but uh as it stands right now Blazers have not made any decisions on the front office or the coach I don't think they're going to make any changes at this point if I had to guess um it, it if it's pretty late in the game at this point to make a change like that and so um, I think Paul Allen's riding with it. He he he's gonna keep rolling with it and see and hope, you know, the Blazers can hit on the, a draft pick or make a move at the draft and, and see what happens. So, um, you know, that is the the non update update is that there is no update from from Mark Stein of the New York Times that was last week. Um, so. You know, that's where we stand right now as uh, the, the second round of the postseason is is starting to wrap up uh, here in the NBA. Uh, the second round hasn't been very good, uh, to be honest, uh, in terms of uh, competitiveness. You know, Cleveland, I, you know, the Cleveland series was good, I thought, in terms of the games, especially, you know, game one in Toronto, the way uh, Cleveland won that one was pretty thrilling and fun. The rest of the series kind of a beatdown, but uh, that that's been you know pretty good. Even though it was a short series, uh, I thought the Utah Houston series was pretty good, but also short five games. It looks like this Pelicans Warriors series is going to end in five games, uh, and then the Celtics and and Seventy Sixers 
also with a chance to end in five tomorrow night in Boston as the Celtics have a chance to close out the 76ers in an upset, I might say. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were picking uh, Philly. Philly, I believe, was the favorite heading into the series, but Boston has done a really good job. And I think, you know, they're obviously an example of where continuity is a, it ends up being a good thing, where this reliance on the system really comes through. And I think, uh, you know, that's kind of something to aspire to as a, a, an NBA franchise when you're, you know, obviously Boston, a much more attractive place to play given the history. I think, uh, you know, given the way that they their front office has, has made moves and rebuilt that team. Uh, there's a reputation there in Boston, uh, but I think Brad Stevens also, you know, there's a re- there's a huge reputation there amongst players uh, with Brad Stevens. But I think the, the relying on the system and being able to to kind of build from within the way Boston did is is kind of the way you kind of you hope you have to hope Portland does it. Um, you know, I, I talked about Toronto after the the end of the series, and I think they're a good example too. I mean, they, they just run into LeBron. I mean, uh, and, and the West is just is is a lot deeper. It's a lot tougher, and I I, I guess I don't know how Portland gets any closer by breaking up the backcourt uh, and, and things of that nature. I I just I'm not I'm not sure where that gets you, and so you know that's been a, a topic of discussion too. Uh, since the the end of this playoff run for the Blazers was, you know, what do you do? Is it time to break these guys up because uh, of how they performed? And you know, like the front office thing, I I think it's I, I, actually more so than the front office thing or any even the coaching. I I think they have reason to stick it out with Damon CJ. Maybe let Zach Collins mature for a year, see if he can become more of a six man type player. They can get Ed Davis back on a, a maybe a team friendly deal with with the cap the way it is. Uh, they could run it back. They definitely. I know a lot of people pointed out that they got lucky with some injuries to key players in the regular season that helped them build up their record and get the third seed. But that's also pretty cheap. I think that's also a cop out. I think that's BS because lots of teams get you know injury luck or run into a, a team on an off night, uh, a fourth game in five nights. I mean, there, there, there's you could put a caveat on any win. And I think when you zoom out and you consider Portland improved defensively as a team over this 82-game season, they got better on the offensive end as the season progressed. I think if one thing you could say is that the ball got stuck a little too much for them to have, you know, a real a real confidence in in their system as a team, and and making it harder for teams to key in on Dame and CJ, and and Nurkic to an extent too, who who had a really rough start to the season, uh, in the middle, and, and I just think if they can really get a little bit more flow back into their game, and that's not to say that moving the ball more is going to make them a contender. Uh, I think that's something we also have to point out, you know, something with the Raptors that we just saw is you can play the right way, play the right style, but if you don't have the best players on the court in the NBA, you're not going to win. And I I think in a lot of scenarios, I think the, 
the Blazers are right to believe that, you know, on a lot of nights, Damon CJ can be the best players on the floor. I think in the series that they just had, you know, Drew Holiday uh, was one of the best players on the floor. I think he was the second best player on the floor behind Anthony Davis. And I think part of Holiday's success is also due to the fact that he gets to play with Anthony Davis. And, um, you know, Davis makes a lot of things possible. And I think that's, you know, the more of the story of that series. And, I, you know, you just kind of have to hope you don't run into him again. Uh, but, you know, it, everyone has a different take. Everyone is, you know, entitled to their take. So, uh, you know, that's just where I'm at with it. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back here to talk about uh, the season for Damian Lillard uh, in review. So we're going to talk about Dame's season review after the break. So uh, Damian Lillard's season in review, uh, it was it, it was a tough end to the season for Damian Lillard um, and a bummer. Uh, I think part of it was because of how he ended the season in the regular season more so than what uh, he went through in the playoffs. Uh, altogether, it, I think it was a, a successful year for Damian Lillard. I think he became a better basketball player in the 2017-18 season. He became a more complete basketball player in 2017-18. Uh, his resurgence, I don't know if resurgence is the right word, but his um, competence on the defensive end, his his attention to detail, his attentiveness on the defensive end at the point of attack, providing friction, doing a better job of just not having opposing point guards go right by him uh, was enormous. I mean, for, for, for Dame to make that growth, that was the, the leap that I thought he had in him to really become a more complete player. That was the thing that I was waiting on, you know, because we've seen it with Stephen Curry. We've seen it with guys in the league before where, you know, they build their game around offense and then the defense is late to come, especially guys that carry such a heavy load. And this year, uh, you know, Dame went vegan. He lost a bunch of weight. Uh, you know, was doing a lot of different things. And, and I, I think just, he was just better on the defensive end. And to me, you know, his stats were great. Uh, he scored really well. But ultimately for me, the story for Dame this season is he became a complete player. And I, I think when when you zoom out from the season and the end result of how it went down, especially for Lillard, who had an awful playoff series in those four games, um, he became a better player overall. And... and I, I think it's important to remember that, and I don't think that uh, that series defines him. I don't think that uh, you know the, the the I don't think the matchup you know while while it was a tough matchup, you know I I, I think Lillard also just you know had a, had a rough series, and I think he wasn't a hundred percent. He he got hurt at at the end of the season, hurt his ankle, came back early trying to help the Blazers clinch the third seed. Portland struggled when he got back. They weren't able to clinch it early, so he didn't get any rest really uh, before the postseason when he probably should have been resting as they tried to get the third seed. Then they played New Orleans, Anthony Davis. 
just did an amazing job of of contesting shots and not fouling. Uh, one of the other improvements that Dame made in addition to the defense this season was that he was able to get to the free throw line at a much higher clip this year than he had in previous seasons. He had a career high 38% free throw rate, meaning that he got to the free throw line uh, on 38% of his field goal attempts. So that is a, a really solid rate and is by far the best of his career. And he he's only getting better at that. But I think Anthony Davis, with, with what he does, just really neutralized him by not fouling and then also contesting the shots and, and just also giving uh, guys like Drew Holiday and Rondo and Etwan Moore even, you know, the confidence that they can creep up and cheat up and play really high on what Dame does on the perimeter to take that away and then be comfortable with, you know, losing Dame because Davis is in the middle of the floor, you know, ready to deter it. But, uh, you know, not to get too hung up on his playoff series, I, I just thought Dame was a, a more complete basketball player this season, and I was really happy that uh, he he made the growth that was always there. He's always had the ability. He's he's such a smart pick and roll player uh, on the offensive end, and now he he's much better at anticipating screens, getting around them, reading them, seeing them. Also, just everyone I thought on the Blazers as a whole was just better on the defensive end, but I think it started with Damian being much more locked in. He was also better in the mid-range this year. His floater game was much improved, and, and and he shot a much higher percentage on his floaters. He also shot pretty well from the mid-range. It was his best season shooting in the mid-range. Teams know what scouting report is on Damian Lillard. They want to take away those deep threes. They want to take away his, his drives to the rim. And Lillard has adjusted beautifully. Uh, you know, he's not a guy that you can just say, we're going to, you know, take away this and you're going to neutralize him. And I know he had a tough series, but he's only getting better at finding different ways to beat other teams with what the defense gives him. And he's getting better at controlling the game. He's getting better at reading things. And I think what happened in the playoffs is a combination of him getting hurt and, Anthony Davis just being on a different level. Also, the Pelicans finding a lineup that uh, you know they didn't really do that much of throughout the regular season, and one that Portland didn't really see with Rondo out there. So, um, uh, I just think it was a tough matchup. Portland, a lot of their guys, you know, Dame in particular, also just couldn't make a lot of their shots that they had. And you know, I, I just saw this in the Cleveland series with Kevin Lo- in the Cleveland playoffs with Kevin Love. Love had an awful first round seven games and then in the series against the Raptors explodes and looks like an all-star again and you know Dame I think you know next postseason has another great chance to to, to do that again it hurts that he's lost uh that, that, that the Blazers as a team excuse me have, have lost uh I believe it's 10 straight playoff games but uh I don't think it's Dame's fault, and I don't think it's a reflection of Dame's leadership, his growth, where he is in his career. I don't think it at all reflects uh, what Dame has done because without Dame and the growth that he made this year, Portland wouldn't have been a third seed. The The playoff 
finish would not have been a disappointment. There would have been nothing to be a disappointment. And uh, I think I think the fact that it was a disappointment is a testament to the way Dame has raised the expectation for this Blazers team and uh, has raised you know his level of play on both sides of the court. You know, he's always been a great leader. He's always been a great offensive player, but now he's really showing it on the defensive end. And I know that after this postseason, a lot of people are going to laugh at where he finishes in the all NBA voting. You know, he still has a chance. He has a chance to be a first team all NBA player and he's absolutely earned it with the way he, he grew his game the way he helped the Blazers take advantage uh, of their spot in the Western Conference. And, um, you know, it was a rough end of the season, but I don't think it should take away from what was really a great season for Dame and a uh, great season for the Blazers. And, and I think I think Dame can continue to get better. He's entering his prime right now. You know, he's 27. He, he just had uh, a really great season. I think he can continue to get better. I think he his offensive, his offensive level of play can – maybe get even higher. I mean, he, he already plays at a really high level, but um, I think he can do even better. And I think, uh, I, I don't think he, we've seen his best yet. So um, I think that's the most exciting thing about this Blazers team and, and what they have moving forward is that is that Dame, I think, still has, has more yet to show us and more yet to unearth out of himself. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blazers. Sorry it has been a while, but uh, thank you for listening, and we'll, we'll be back with more uh, as the offseason progresses. If we hear anything, draft lottery next week. That's not going to affect Portland, but uh, will affect uh, where the draft shakes out, who takes who, and, and all that stuff. So it'll be fun to talk about and fun to forecast. So uh, until next time, keep it locked on here, and we'll be back again soon this week as we are going to be potting more regularly. So until then.